Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be you as we see ourselves in you. There is light. There is peace. There is clarity. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright. We continue on the character of God. Um, or the revelation of God in Christ. Uh... Let's see, Second Timothy three fifteen. Second Timothy three fifteen. All right, Second Timothy three fifteen. <clears throat> it says that from a child, that was known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ. And all scriptures, um, I'll start from verse 14. It says, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learnt, and thou hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learnt them, and that as from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make the wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I would say, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And uh, I've made us to understand that a preacher of the gospel must just, a preacher of the gospel must not just have an idea of the scriptures. He must not just have, when I say an idea of the scriptures, he must not just have um, all those memory verse spinets that they taught him when he was in. Uh, Bible school, uh, no, no Bible school now. Um, when they taught him when he was in, uh, what they call it, um, uh, memory verse, children church, you know those memory verse, say John three sixteen, for God so loved the world and all of those things. A Bible preacher must not just have an idea of the scriptures. He must be able and skillfully able to teach the scriptures you must be able to teach and explain from the scriptures so every one of you see in this place i expect that you are a bible student and you um you are giving to god's word or you are giving to learning you are giving to doctrine you are giving to teaching of god's word you must have a concise knowledge of the scriptures a a, a proper knowledge of the scriptures so you must so and and I as I said that um one of the things I said in, 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 in earlier on if you listen to the first six sessions we've done I, I said that um the a lot of preachers or the lot of doctrines that we have today that is circulating in the church world today is because many believers are colored their minds are clouded, they are confused about the character of God. And that is because of the inconsistency of doctrine. The reason why a believer can say God can kill, God cannot, God can kill, God can do evil, or God can do something dangerous is just simply because is in his mind. In his mind he is not clear are you getting what i'm saying his mind is not clear on 
what exactly the scriptures is all about. His mind is not clear. Look at him. So we said the preacher of the gospel must not just have an idea of the scriptures. He must, he must be found able to skillfully and to also teach and explain from the scriptures. He must be able and skillfully be able to teach and explain from the scriptures. Where is Indidi? Oh, she's coming? Oh, yeah. So, she's, so, you must be able to skillfully and explain the scriptures properly. So, like I said again, as a preacher of the gospel, as, as we keep preaching the gospel, as we keep studying the scriptures, you must not just have an idea of God. The idea of God that you had when you were in children church, or what you watched on Hollywood TV, or what you watch on Hollywood, that's just, that's just pictures, or how do I explain it? That's just like a figment of, of something. That can't be who God is. If you have, if, if all you learned when you were younger, or even now that you're an adult, is what they told you when you were in children's church, when they told you what you watched in movies, or the stories of your experiences, then you are, you are yet to start Bible study. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, and, I, and like I'm saying again, and I'm still saying the game, the problem that we have in church world today is because of the lack of the consistency in doctrine. That is why a preacher will teach you today that God can heal and God can do good, right? Then the next Sunday is going to teach you and say, Ah, see, brethren, God can kill you. Hmm. God can see. Hmm. Go with, hmm. you, you don't try God, do. don't even try. Have you ever heard messages like that? Don't try God, do. If, you do. if you don't want to, if you don't want to, if you don't want to enter a problem, don't just try it. Then, your mind is conflicted. Ah. So, when, and now, so it's like saying, I'm preaching you good. So, let's say, let's say, okay, now I'm a preacher, right? I think I am. So, I say, ah, I, I think I am. I'm still trying to teach. I'm not, I'm not yet there. Now, Let's say, let's, okay, let's, let's say, we, we, like yesterday where we had the Lily service now, I teach you, I say, oh, God is ready to heal the sick. Oh, God is a good God. Then today, Monday, and what I'm teaching you is, hmm, brethren, God can kill you. He destroyed the Amalekite. He did this and that and that. Look at Jew. They will have a Jabez. Remember what happened to Jabez? I don't know if you have heard those stories before. Ah, did you not go up in church? <laughs> Why is everybody looking at me like, like, there's a Jabez. But let's say, let's say today now that it's Monday or Labor Day. You know, some churches now will organize deliverance service and say, every labor, everything, the Lord has made you to rest. You cannot be laboring. And you should, you know, th they will just create one thing and just say, there is just this labor and this weight that the Lord has put upon you. So, because of this weight, the Lord wants to cast them down. <laughs> then you are conflicted. Then you read your Bible and you are seen in the lenses of... Maybe you do not... It's just like I told you that some years ago, I accosted the preacher. The preacher told me about that 
Colossians 2, where it says blotting out the handwriting of the enemy and everything. And I was wondering, how did you see a problem in this scripture that you have to die and all of those things? But you can't blame that kind of preacher because that is what he feeds on. So, but as a Christian now, God doesn't want you to have that inconsistent. No, see, you know, okay, now let's, let's narrow it down to this. How many of you want to marry somebody, or how many of you are married to somebody that you don't know? You don't, you can just wake up tomorrow and just tell you, and just slap you, then the next minute you say, ah, sorry. I don't think you can marry that kind of person. Uh, I'm talking of both boy and both girl. Or you wake up in the morning, the, let's say your husband's face turns yellow, then the next day it turns black. You're not going to, you're going to run away now. That is exactly how we have painted God. We have painted God to be the all good God and also the all bad God. But you know what we do as Christians? Because deep down in our heart, we know God is good. Then we now package it and say, ah, he does bad sometimes, we can still kill they will tell you it's good though, but they will not package it in such a way that they will tell you he can still kill. Ah, I told you a story of um, my pastor when he was healing the sick one time, as the person said, The Lord gave me the cancer. And he said, The Lord gave you cancer. I said, Then I should not pray. He said, Why would so my, I think he asked, I said, Why would why would the Lord give you cancer? I said, So that he can humble you. Ah, my pastor said, Don't you think you need to be more humbled? If the Lord really gave you the cancer. You know, a lot of people think they are, and you know a lot of people, they, they, they are in a problem today. Instead of them to deal with the devil, they are thanking God and saying, God, I know, I know you gave me this to test me. And where did they get that kind of things from? You know, we studied Job. And we said, ah, it can't be that it was God who did that to Job. We studied that already. And we are still going to study more. Now, so, what brings those figments is because we don't even know who this God we are serving. It's, it's like saying, you are worshipping God, you are coming to church, you are a Christian, you believe in God, and you don't know who God is. That is exactly how it is. It's like saying, God lives with, with you, and you cannot predict who exactly is living with you. That is exactly what happens to a lot of Christians. So, we, we know God, but we just know him with a figment of our imaginations. Now, if I ask you and say, God can kill, and you say, yes, God can kill, and I say, explain, do you know what you will tell me? You will not be able to explain it. You will only tell me, uh, eh, he killed this person, he did this, I'll tell you, where exactly did he kill the person? You can't explain it. So that's why we are looking at the scriptures. And we're going to look at things. And I, said, and I told you, I said, I want your minds to be so clear that if you want to properly explain the character of God properly, you must be able to say, this is who he is. This is who he is. And one of the things we're going to do in coming days is that we're going to touch on all gray areas in the scriptures. And I trust God for that. All gray areas, like all the places that look shady, 
all the things that look uh, I don't really I don't really understand it. It's going to be super clear to you that this is exactly who the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is. Hallelujah. So now we were we are looking at in Second Timothy three. We said, and I told you that I said um, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Second Timothy three verse seventeen. And I said the word perfect is translated from the Greek word atios, a t i o s, and it implies fitted, ready to function, to be adequate. So it was used historically for a special training. So that is. The understanding of the of the Bible makes the minister of the gospel adequate. Now, if you don't understand the Bible properly, you have no business being on the pulpit. You have no business even teaching people well. And that's why I tell you guys, many, many at times, some of it, I mean, I, I, I don't blame you yet, but I wouldn't really advise you to teach a message I just taught yesterday to quickly go and teach your disciples. Is not to advise because you don't even really understand it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So, how many of you have listened to something? Let's say you heard something in January, then you have you picked it up again. Let's say like in August. I wonder if you know that you'll be wondering, ah, I wonder if that that has happened to you before. You are wondering, how come I didn't catch this? And I was even in that service. I wonder if that that, that always happened to you. That's to tell you that information sometimes takes time to stick. It's just like Bible study. That is why as a preacher of the gospel, you must learn to repeat things often. Because see, a lot of your audience might not really remember what you are saying. (laughs) Are you getting what I'm saying? So as you are teaching the scriptures, learn to repeat things often. Don't just be so quick to quickly enter another topic, another hot topic, another hot topic. Oh, pastor has taught this, then you want to quickly jump on it. Okay, another hot topic. You know, Learn to let it sink into you very well. Because one thing, so when he was saying that a man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished. So the word perfect there, it's, it's um, like I said, it's from the Greek word atios. It means to be fitted for, ready to function, to be adequate. So it was used historically for special training. So that means the minister of the gospel is not just ready to function, until he, the minister of the God is not ready to function unless he has known the message of the scriptures. So what makes you ready to function is basically because you have understanding of the scriptures. And it says thoroughly furnished. Now we've seen perfect and it says thoroughly furnished. The word thoroughly furnished is from the Greek word exartizo. E-X-A-R-T-I-Z-O. It implies to furnish. That is, it is ready. It is done. It's like saying you cook the food and that food is, is thoroughly furnished. <laughs> that food is done. It's ready. So it's basically like, it's just like I believe God and I trust God that after you live here today, you would have been thoroughly, your mind would have been cleared and settled about certain truths that, okay, this is, I, I think I have an idea of who God is. Amen. You know, so that's basically how it is. So, so a minister of the gospel must be thoroughly furnished in such a way that you bring questions from left to right angle, you can answer it. Like I told you, was it on the day before yesterday, on Saturday, and I said that in, in Bible study, I, I, and I said that the problem in Christianity today is that a lot of Christians can't even explain their faith. And that's because 
they probably they they i told you in a good about soldier that they are probably a function of a bad soldier or a bad preacher who probably did not really explain who probably didn't take his own time to learn and also did not also train his people properly so you will not find christians they could have been in the church world for long because okay now how do you explain the fact that a christian has been in church now let's let's even use denominations now for instance a christian has been in a denominational church where the let's say let's say pentecostal denomination now like person is pentecostal and you know in, it's in America today that people will ask you what's your denomination or your I, I think back in Africa nobody cares. What church do you go to? You go to Redeem, you go to Winners, you go to that's what that's what everybody cares about. But yeah, they were, what denomination are you Orthodox? Are you Baptist? Are you Reformed Presbyterian? Are you Presbyterian? Are you Reformed Baptist? Are you <laughs> are you Catholic? Are you <laughs> are you Methodist? Are you different there's even Reformed Methodist? <laughs> Me, I belong to all things. I belong to all. <laughs> I belong to all men. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyway, so now imagine that the. Uh, what was I saying before? <laughs> the bus soldier. And, okay, so now imagine now again. I got my thoughts back. Imagine that a Christian now has been in a Pentecostal denomination. And Pentecostal is believed that they are associated with speaking in tongues. And the Christian still has problem with speaking in tongues. In fact, he's speaking in tongues. You know, there are two, two types of Christians. A Christian who speaks in tongues, but who cannot even explain why he speaks. You know, there are Christians that just say, why you speak? Just speak. Don't question God. Why should you question God? It's just, just be speaking. And there are Christians that... They don't even want to believe. They just feel like it's spooky. You know? I mean, how I many of you know tongues is a bit spooky too? I mean, it is. It's a bit spooky. It's spooky now. It's a bit spooky. You know? But that's in the natural sense. That's if you are wanting to use your intellectual to think about it. But to us who have believed the gospel, it's not spooky. But we must be ready to explain things properly. We must. So, a preacher is a function. So, it's just like what I was explaining now. That it is a finished product. So, a good preacher of the Bible must be able to explain things properly. And that is who you are. You must be able to explain things properly. You must be able to look at things and properly dissect them properly. So, it says that you may be thoroughly furnished onto all good work. So we, we, we will continue in that same slant and we'll look at um we we'll, we'll pick it up from certain places and when 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 I explained John one verse eighteen to you guys I said that in John one verse eighteen it says no man has seen God at any time Except the only begotten of the Father. I said, so Jesus has now become God. Now, in the study of the scriptures, you must find out that there are progressive revelations. Now, the truth of the matter is this. I'm only giving you, as of today now, what you can undo now. As we progress in years to come, I will pick from this same narrative 
and I will explain it further again. Then it will not be now. Don't always think I'm contradicting. There is progressive revelation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you have who have followed me for a while. If you notice, there was a way I thought. Um, those of you who were there when I taught understanding Genesis, I think just two, two of you were there then. You will notice that there is a way I explain that that Genesis now, different from I taught it then. I don't know if those of you that do, can you do you understand? Now that's because as at that time, that is what you can catch. Are you getting? So as at today now, I'm going to explain that, that and that's the essence of Bible study because we will keep studying. See, there is no see, forget it. There is no, there is no, oh, we are finished studying the Bible. Thank God. It's not it's, it's never going to happen. We will keep studying, we'll keep progressing. So now, one of the things we want to encounter today, we've we, we, we've cleared our minds over the past six sessions that we've done, and we've cleared our minds and we've said um we said things like um the perfect revelation of God. You should, you should lay your hands on the six sessions to, to really bless you. Um, that Jesus is Jesus Christ is the revelation and clarity, and it clarifies and corrects every wrong impression about the character of God. So, one thing you must quickly know is that to understand the character of God is that you must first see Jesus. Jesus came, it's like saying, let, let, let me tell you what, what is happening. It's like saying, um, I mean, few people have gossiped about you before, and when those people did that, they've gossiped to you about not meet you in person. They are now wondering, uh, you don't look like who they told me. Who they told me you are? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Get what I mean. If you have met people online and you not met them in person, and you're now wondering, you don't look like your picture. I mean, somebody still told me that last week uh, when I went to somewhere. Person said, person saw, um, person saw me say. Ah, you don't look like your picture on Facebook. Then me and I went back to my picture on Facebook. I said, ah, and I look at, and I check myself in the mirror. Like, ah, do I really look like, <laughs> like, like how I really look like? So that is exactly how God is. It's like saying you've had so many rumors right from the Old Testament. And I told you, the phrase Old Testament and New Testament is not, is like saying. Okay, let, let me explain it this way. In 2 Timothy 3, that's 2 Timothy 3 that we're reading, it says, As from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation, true faith, which is a Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible of those in the New Testament is the Old Testament. In fact, Jesus read the Old Testament. But it wasn't called the Old Testament as at that time. That was why in John 5, verse 39, it says, Such the scriptures... For in them you think you have eternal life, for they are they which testify of me. So it means that Jesus read the scriptures. Now, and what is that scriptures? Genesis to Malachi. It was roughly about a couple of thousands of years ago, they added the phrase Old Testament and New Testament to create a dichotomy between them. And we'll study it much later. Why, why that phrase and all of those things much later. But I want you to get something. That the, 
So now, the rumors that people have heard from Genesis to Malachi because of lack of proper contextual Bible study, Jesus now came to clarify it. So now, the question will now be, if you say God could have killed in the Old Testament, right? You know what I explained to you when we were studying healing yesterday? I said, if God did not heal the sick in the New Testament, then he wasn't the God of the Old Testament. I don't know if you remember that, state, that statement. I told you that in Exodus 15 verse 26, he says, I am the God that he let thee, right? Then in Matthew and the four Gospels, he has to physically now heal the sick. Because if he didn't physically heal the sick, then he wasn't, then that's not God. Then we can simply say, brother, go and sit down, you are not the God. Because if he has said, I am the Lord that he led thee, then he must act out what he said. I mean, if you get it, that's just plain truth. Now, so it will mean, if you say God can do evil, then we have to look at his person in the New Testament. Did he do evil? Are you seeing it? Now, in, in, in the four Gospels now, look through, scan through. I want every, every one of you, let's, let's do something now. Let's do a classwork. Scan through all the knowledge you've had about Jesus in the, old, in the New Testament, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see, did Jesus do any evil? Scan through, scan through, scan through. Quickly, quickly, I'll give you a minute. Scan through. Four Gospels, Matthew 1, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The closest you will find is, let me help you now, because of you are saying no, let me help you. The closest you will find is when he chased out people from the temple, because they showed you in Jesus' movie that he was flogging people, he was throwing things away. <laughs> that was not what happened. We are going to study that story. <laughs> that was not what happened. A lot of people think he was now, Jesus suddenly got angry, he was pushing. I mean, if I watched those Jesus' movie, he was pushing things away, he was doing things. That's not the God, that's not the Lord, the Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. So, so now think again. Which other thing, which other place did he do any evil? In Luke 9, we already studied that in one of the sessions. We said that in Luke 9, that when they told him to call down fire, he said, the Son of Man came not to destroy, but to save men's life. So he physically now even used his words to say that, that was not me there. Let's look at that Luke 9 verse 52. Everybody open there. Luke 9. Are you there? Look at Luke 9, verse 52. You guys are there, right? Oh, so it says, um, And sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. In verse 53, And they did not receive him because his, they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Verse 54, And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, we doubt that we command fire to consume down, and from heaven and consume them even as Elias believed Elias did. Now, if you see Elias now in the New Testament, is to refer you to Elijah's story. Now, in verse 65, and he turned to them, 
he turned and rebuked them and said, Know ye not what manner of spirit ye are of? Now, I showed you and I told you that Elijah called down fire, right? You know, everybody still sings that song. The God of Elijah send down fire. 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 Hey, God. I don't know if you sang that song. You did? Chomaka, you did? Ah. What church did you go to? High school, oh, I know you cannot relate. Oh, you, you cannot relate. Did you sing it? No, uh, you went to it. What church did you grow up? Oh, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're one of those. I, I get you, I get you. You would not do violence, <laughs> violence. <laughs> Noah can, Noah can never relate. Can you relate? Can you God of Elijah send that fire? Can you? Yeah. You can really no one can ever. Ah, all of you are just joy will relate. Ah. Oh no, she can't. She grew up in Anglican. She can't relate. They Oh then you will relate, Joe. You you probably went you were sleeping when you were singing it. I'm just joking. Alright. Now he says, Know ye not what manner of spirit ye are of? In verse 56, it now says, The Son of Man is not come to do what? To destroy men's life, but to save them. So, this is to tell you that if it was Jesus. So, now this is like saying, God was correct. We can, if we want to say, you know, those things they do when you were younger, homework and correction. Elijah has done the whole work. Jesus is now correcting him and saying, <laughs> I did not endorse that action. Are you seeing it? It's like saying, God now physically came down to tell you, it's not me. Don't, don't attribute me to that fire. <laughs> I, I was not involved. You know, the disciples were like, ah, man of God. Call down. Elijah did it that time now. And I showed you the story first King when Somebody just said, let fire consume you now. <laughs> Elijah was not, a, was not an ordinary guy. Just imagine you come for me for counseling now. I just said, I just said, I just, especially people like, Jim Akka will have been long gone. <laughs> I just said, ah, um, I just said, ah, okay. Sit down here. He said, Pastor, I want to stand up. Fire, calm down. <laughs> you know? So, Elijah was like that. You know, so you know what God did? What Jesus was not doing now in the four gospels. He was like, eh, ah, I'm, I was not involved. <laughs> it's not me <laughs> that called down that fire. That was exactly so wh- that was why Jesus had to respond to that action. He says, Know ye not what manner of spirit ye are. This is to tell even the new creation. That is the believer in Christ today that the spirit within us. Is not a spirit of destruction. It is not a spirit of wishing your enemy evil. Now, these were people who rejected Jesus. It's not a spirit of die by fire. Oh, for that and die. For that and die. For that and die. There, there must be a way to shake your head. For that and die. For that and die. For the, uh, I, can't, I can't imagine we are, I can't imagine us praying that prayer in this church. Everybody, uh, for the, uh, the, no one will have fallen down since because. For the, for the, for the, 
Ah, I, I prayed it too. But men and brethren. Actually, maybe some of my classes, I remember one man who mentioned his name, Mr. Ekong. That's the reason I did not do physics. <laughs> That's the reason I did not go to science class till tomorrow. Mr. Ekong. That man, he just was our enemy. I don't know what he did because we used to sit at the back in class in secondary school. They would just so when it comes to class, all of us are just bending because we don't know what is we don't know how they think. You know, it's like saying you cannot predict <laughs> the man. So he just you, 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 stand up. Come and solve he has not taught us. Come and solve this. <laughs> if you drag your feet, you are in trouble. <laughs> so you just you just stay on the board. You can't solve it, right? Touch your toe. It's, it's like saying, he came to just flog you. Touch your toe. So you do like this. Ah! And if you touch it, if you touch where he flog you, <laughs> you are done. Just do that. That, that service is flogged. It's you that they will cause. He will not teach anything that service. <laughs> that 40 minutes period that he has, he will not teach anything. And it's you that you focus on. So he said, touch your toe. He just give you, ah! He said, ah! Oh, ah! Oh. <laughs> That's why I learned how to rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> so, the son of man has not come. He's not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. So, and, and you should even be like that as a believer. In such a way that... So, I told you, and, and I'm still saying this story again. I told you I went to a church and somebody shared a testimony and said, the prayers we prayed last week, Father, we thank you. My mother-in-law is dead. Praise the Lord. And everybody shouted hallelujah. I'm not joking. In this America. So, your God killed somebody. That can't be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not possible. He already said it. You know what he did here now? Was to tell you, ah, no, <laughs> Elijah's story, I was not there. But you know, if you didn't read this point, you will think the best way to attribute power is in destruction. And that's what a lot of people pride in. How many of you know that? When, when you seem a bit fearful, every, it looks like you have more, you know, more weight and all of those things. Everybody's scared of you. Ah, that sister, don't try out. Ah, ah, eh, eh, ah, don't. <laughs> that, uh, and you too, you are happy that nobody wants to try you. So, Jesus said, He has not come to destroy men's life, but to say. So, can you and I now agree? Just even upon, without even, we should just say, let's close this series. I just close our Bible and be going home. I just say, can God destroy now? Ah, you are looking at me. No, sir. Can he destroy? No, sir. He can't. Because he has washed his hands of destructions. So now the question will now be, why is it that if you look at the scriptures, it's looked as if he was the one that was doing it. That's the question. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what we want to study. Are you getting? So now, the big question now is, what and who were the prophets in the Old Testament now seeing 
or relating with in their different encounters? That's the question. What and who were the prophets of the Old Testament now seeing or relating with in their different encounters? Remember I told you the last section in the section 6, I said, I said no man has seen God at any time, right? Except the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, so that is, the very first time we saw God was in Christ Jesus, right? He came as human to explain himself to us. Now, there's something I will teach you much later, which is not, in fact, don't let me even mention that, so that you don't get you thinking. So now, look at the next Exodus 20. Let's, we want to, I beg you, how many of you get you to this point? Now, everybody, right? So we can safely say God does not destroy, right? God comes to save men's life, right? So God is not behind the destruction of lives, right? Right? How many of you agree? Let me see your hands again. Cool. Good church. Now, so what and who were the prophets relating with? Where were they having encounters with? Because the New Testament, the Old Testament, the New Testament of the Bible makes us see that there was angels involved in the giving of law. Look at the next Exodus 20, verse 18. It says, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightning and the noise of the prophets and the mountains smoking. And when the people saw it, they, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is not for, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before the faces your faces that ye see not. Verse twenty one. And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near unto the thick cloud and darkness where God was. Why would the people still stay afar? Why was the only Moses who wanted to enter? That's something to think about. Because see, the old scenario in this Monsanto applied that God was, if you read the old scenario, in fact, if you read from verse 18, you see, people saw thunderings, lightnings, noise of trumpets, smokings. And people, yeah, they were scared. You know, if you imagine if you saw thunder, you hope you know there's thunder and there's thunder. <laughs> the thunder I had when I was growing up. How many of you can relate to thunder? Ah, you feel like the world is coming to a close that your house has divided into two. <laughs> if I went to I want to spare it. Everybody shall blow. I remember people. People used to shout, blow no Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> People used to be so scared. Your blood of Jesus around this like <laughs> So all the people saw thunderings and lightnings and the noise of trumpet. So the whole scenario appeared like it was God displaying fire, thunders, lightning, smoke, and the noise to the prophets, which made the Jews afraid. So the Jews were so afraid. So that ah, they were like, ah, no, ah. Oh, Moses, go. Speak. Don't let God speak to us, lest we die. 
That's what they said. They said, we don't want God to speak to us except we die. So Moses now drew closer to God. So, even Moses God confessed that he was afraid. I'm coming. I want to show you something. In Hebrews 12, verse 21, Moses even confessed that he was afraid. Are you there? He said, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quaked. <laughs> Even Moses was, was scared. But the epistle shows us something different. Look at it in Acts 7. Acts 7 verse 38. He says that this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel we spoke unto him in Monsina and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to God, who received the lively oracles to give us, to whom our fathers would not obey but trust him and in their thorn back into Egypt. Look at it, verse 53. It says, who received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. So, he said the law was received by who? So, he was received by disposition of angels. So, in other words, Stephen was teaching something here that in Monsina, the act of the people that made them scared and made them afraid could not have been God. It was an activity of angels. Because this was... Okay, let me show you something in the epistle. Look at Galatians 3 verse 19. Galatians 3 verse 19. Because if God will come... So, let me tell you something. Remember I, should, I still told you something yesterday during the healing service that I said that if God could heal this could not have healed the sick in the Old Testament. It shows that he is not the healer now, right? Now, if he didn't come, if he came in the four Gospels and he came with thunder, fire, and lightning, could we have said, couldn't we have said that is God? If he came that way with thunder, fire, that's God, right? But you know he didn't come that way. He came very simple. Are you thinking? I want you to think. Look at Galatians 3 verse 9. It says, it's about to get interesting. It says, Wherefore then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come, whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by what? 19. 19. Galatians 3 verse 19. And it was ordained by what? In the hands of a mediator. Look at Hebrews 2.2. 2.
Look at Hebrews 2 2. It says, now let's read it together. Everybody, Hebrews 2 2. I'll wait for you. It says, let's read it together. By who? By who now? But if it was spoken by angels. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 18. You're going to open a lot of Bible to do. Ah, what is a Bible seminar now? You should be prepared for it. <laughs> Hebrews 12, verse 18. Except, except you want me to deceive you and just tell you had knowledge. You have to see it yourself. <laughs> Hebrews 12, verse 18. He says, For ye are not coming to the mount that might be thrust and burnt with fire. Are you there? Hebrews 12, verse 18. Are you there? Okay. Nor unto the blackness and darkness and tempest and the word and the sounds of the trumpet and the voice of the words, which voice they have heard entreated that the word should be spoken more. Look at in verse 20. They could not endure that which was commanded, and if so, must if so much as the beast touched the mountain, and the stone was thrust through the earth. Verse 21. And, I say, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly quaked. I exceedingly fear and quaked. Now, this was taken from. Exodus 20, and we read Exodus 20 already, Exodus 20, verse 18 to 22. So observe carefully that Moses, who was the mediator, said that so terrible was the sight in verse 21. He says, So terrible was the sight that God, that even Moses said, I silly fear and quit. So that means the principal actors in the Mount of Sinai were angels. Now, let me give you a run-through. Go back to that Exodus 20. So that, so that you will see a run-through of something. So that you... But I, I, I think some of you are not probably Bible inclined. You might just be thinking what's going on. Now, the Mount of Sinai was like where Moses gathered... I don't know if you remember... I don't know if I've, growing up you heard the story of the Mount of Sinai. I don't know if you're growing or alright. Now, if you read that same place, it was like where they got the Ten Commandments and all of those things. And if you read from Exodus 20, verse 1 to almost like verse uh, 17, you will see like the Ten Commandments and all of those things. And where was the Ten Commandment given? On the Mount Sinai. Now, in verse 18, the people, now, mo- that's where they got the Ten Commandments. Everybody were there, was there. But what was happening was that all the people saw in verse 18, the Bible says, all the people saw thunderings and lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and mountains smoking and the people saw it and they moved and stood afar. So they saw all of those terrible sights, thunder, slides, smoke, everything, you know. It's like saying different appearances and ah, you will be scared, right? What's, what's going on? Now, the principal actors of what was going on there were angels. That was not the activity of God. So those thunders, lightning, sounds of trumpets, fire, smoke, blackness, darkness, that made people afraid, they were the activities of angels. 
Because observe something. Look at something to observe. Look at in verse 22 of that place. Of that same Exodus 20. Look at verse 22. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Thus thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. See, observe that carefully. We are coming to that later. Now, but look at something. Let me show you something in the encounter, the first encounter that Moses had in Exodus 3. Look at Exodus 3. Exodus 3, the first encounter that Moses had. Exodus 3. He says, Now, Moses, which kept, let's start from verse 2. Who appeared to Moses now? In verse 2. Exodus 3, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in where? Are you seeing that the appearances are in Exodus 20? What did we see? We saw fire, thunder, and all of those things now. So, how did the angel appear to Moses in his first encounter? Flame of fire again. He appeared in the midst of a burning bush. So, they are, they are like, it's as though they, are, they have things, they have, a, they have a ministry to scare people. <laughs> So, no, just imagine you are in a, you are in a park. I don't know if you remember those, that place we used to go and pray, that bush. We used to go and pray. <laughs> remember, we, just imagine we go to that bush where we used to pray. And, let's, you know, we normally go in the night where it's very thick darkness. Instead of, <laughs> in that darkness, <laughs> we should just see... So he just appeared to us and said, our fire should not be burning people. <laughs> it's the way Chiamaka will pick race for me. <laughs> you know, that was what happened. Moses was just in the bush doing his own thing. And then, our fire started burning. Now, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire, out of the midst of the burning bush. In verse 3, Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. And Moses said, in verse 4, And when the Lord saw that he thought, Now, look at something. He says, when the Lord saw, who was the Lord now? Who appeared? Now, follow carefully. Follow. In verse 2, he says, the angel of the Lord, right? Appeared, right? Are you following me, everybody? Yes. All right. In verse 3, in verse 4, it now says, When the Lord saw, who was he having interaction with? Right? Are you seeing it now? It now says that the Lord saw that he thorn said, and as he God called him out of the burning bush. So Moses' experience, it is evident that the prophet had interactions with angels. That was the same angel of the Lord, and was he was now later referred to as the Lord in verse 4. In the same breath, so the author the author now recorded that God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, So, who was he speaking to in this place? The angels. So, the experiences that men had with the angels were thinking to be seen as God. If God wants to talk to you. He wouldn't have to do all those razzmatazz and do uh, so that you would know he is God. 
your father don't have to display and say, I, I am really your father, to make you understand that he's your father. Right? He just has to tell you to sit down and you sit down. Alright? It is people who don't have substance that display. How many of you know? You that don't really know. Are you trying to say, you know, things like that. Now, let's look at more experiences that, let's look at the different encounters in the Old Testament that people had with the angels. Look at Jacob. Let's look at Jacob. Genesis 32, verse 24. Genesis 32, verse 24. 32, verse 24. He says, And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. In verse 26, then he said, let me go for the day break it. And he said, I will not let thee go. He said, Thou bless me. In verse 27, he now says, And he said unto them, What is my name? And he said, Jacob. Verse 28, Then he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince has thou power with God with men, and prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. In verse 30, he said, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. The truth of the matter is this Could he have been fighting with God? If at all he fought. Now, that's not what it means. It's, I will explain to you much later that what, what was going on there was like saying um, prayer and supplication. It wasn't as if he was wrestling or doing butter combat with God and saying, you must bless me today. You bless. No, it's just the same way you two, you are prevailing in prayer and you're just <laughs> praying. And you're, uh, you know, I don't know if you know sometimes when you have to bear things in your spirit in prayer uh, you're just passionate, you know. That's how it is. So he was like groaning and in prayers and all of those things. So it wasn't as if he was doing mortal combat as a, you will bless me, you will bless me. <laughs> but the encounter was with an angel. Because he described as he has seen God face to face. I have seen God face to face. The observation of that is that he has seen an angel. Because remember I told you, they couldn't see God face to face. Remember that. Look at, and we have already seen now, why would why, why can we safely say that? Why would we safely say that? Because even in um, Exodus thirty three verse Exodus thirty three verse eleven, Exodus thirty three verse eleven, we have already seen Exodus three verse two to four. Now let's see Exodus thirty three verse eleven. It says, "And the Lord spake to Moses face to face, as a man speaketh to his friend." 
that will be an angel. Exodus 33 verse 11. This is the Lord speak all to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. Look at the Thalonomy 5 verse 4. The Thalonomy 5 verse 4. The Thalonomy 5 verse 4. It says, the Lord, uh, the Lord talked with you face to face in the mount of the mist of what? The fire. And you already know that the fire description now is what? Angel, right? Exactly. Exodus 34 verse 10. Exodus 34 verse 10. You have to open scriptures. Though. Exodus 34 verse 10. It says, and there arose not a prophet sins in Israel like unto Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. So Moses' encounter and interactions and experience with angels were described by Moses as the Lord talking to him face to face. Now the best way to understand this now would be to go and pick show me your glory now and listen again. Do you get it? I, I did show me your glory I think two years ago. Listen to that series again. Now, look at Gideon. Let's see Gideon's experience in Judges 6, verse 12. Judges 6, verse 12. Judges 6, verse 12. So, we've seen Jacob, right? We've seen Moses, right? Right? Let's look at Gideon. Judges 6, verse 12. Someone say, what's Judges? <laughs> so, that place is very neat in your Bible. You've never opened to that place before. <laughs> Judges 6 verse 12. Are you there? Judges root is before is after Joshua. Joshua judges root somewhere somewhere. Oh but yeah, you do it. That's good. Joshua judge how this is it? Genesis, Estodos, Leviticus, Nomba, Ritanomi, Jesha, Judges, Rusame, Same, Obadre, Sekoki, Zendini, Kizeki. You that you're a Muslim, how did you know it? I did a voice for choir. Ah, how? Siaruke choir. Oh, I thought, I was wondering how you were learning K1. How you were learning K1. <laughs> no one can never relate. <laughs> anyway, look at Judges 6 verse 12. He says, and what? The angel of the Lord did what? Appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, he now says in verse 13, And Gideon said, O oh, my Lord. See, who is Gideon calling who is Lord now? Are you, is it making sense now? <laughs> So he said, look at him, verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Who is the Lord? Are you is, is it making sense now? Yes. Look at him, verse 16. That says, and the Lord said unto him, Surely, who was saying to him? Is, are you seeing how things are written? So you see, that you really have to. Now, if a battle has happened in this verse, hope you know, you and I. Would have said not not me. You would have said, <laughs> God is wicked. 
Look at look at something in uh, verse twenty. Look at verse twenty of that same Judges. Uh, look at verse twenty of that same Judges six. It says, "And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Thick the flesh of the unliving cake, lay them out the rock, pour them out of the Lord, and do so." In verse twenty one, the angel of the Lord put forth the end and all of those things. The angel of the Lord did that. In verse towards the end of twenty one, it says, "Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight." Are you seeing it? So, in verse 22, he now says, Then Gideon perceived he was what? An angel. He was an angel of the Lord. Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen the angel of the Lord, what? Face to face. Gideon saw face to face, right? Moses saw face to face, right? Gideon now is seeing face to face. So, now, can we safely say, anybody that sees anything face to face, can we safely say, they are angels that they are seeing? How many of you agree now? Let me see your hands if you if you agree. Cool. All right. We're getting there. So now, look at another guy called Manoa in um, Judges. Judges 13. So we've seen Jacob, right? Moses, right? Um, Gideon now. Let's see Manoa. Judges 13. You see why, you see why Bible seminar is sweet, right? Are you, get, are you enjoying this? Look at Judges 13, verse 13. Judges 13, verse 13. What happened again? It says, And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. Look at in verse 15. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, I pray thee that the thing did that he shall be ready to, ready a kid for him. Verse 16, it says, And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though thou detain me and all of those things. And towards the ending of that place, it says, For Manuel knew not that he was what? So we're going to see. Okay, okay, let me put a pause there. Now, this is just like a peg into my tree. I'm going to teach you something about this angel of the Lord later. That's not my focus in this message. I'm only walking you through a journey around the character of God. Later, I'll walk you through what their actions were. Why is it that? Do you notice that many of these people are not knowing? Something is appearing to them. They are seeing something face to face. And it's as though it's when the thing leaves, they are not saying, oh, it was an angel that came. I wonder if you are noticing that trend. So what, so what was appearing to them? Why couldn't they have known? You know. Let me, this is just an aside. You know the Bible told us in the Hebrews 13. He some of you will entertain angels on our way. Oh, you don't know. Some of you have chased your angels away. <laughs> so we have chased your agency away with your bad mouth. You have chased your agency away with with your evil work. Leave me, I'm just joking. But we we'll study that thing. I'm going to teach on that soon. I'm going to study. So say, ha. Who have I chased you? I'm just joking. No, we we'll study that soon. Don't keep your mind at rest. Um. It says, for Manoah knew not that it was an angel of the Lord. Look at it, verse 17. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is thy name? All of them are always asking, what is the name? But you notice that. So now, look at all this. This is where I have problem with all these white garment people, where they give names. Do you notice that no angel was mentioning name here now? Did Jacob own mention any name? <laughs> Did Moses own mention any name? Did Gideon own mention any name? This one too, he says, 
What is thy name that when the saying come to pass that we may do honor? The angel of the Lord said unto him, Why hasketh thoughts after my name? Seeing it is secret. Are you seeing that nobody is mentioning it? Because they know they don't want to take the glory. That's um, an angel is just messengers. Why are you asking me what's my name? What's your business? And you know, this is exactly how I'm, and I'm sorry to say, this is exactly how people trend into a false doctrine of saying there's angel Yure, angel Gabriel. There is no word like you. They, no, there's <laughs> there's nobody being Yurel in the scripture. It is you, it is people that created angel Yure, angel well, they say angel Gabriel and angel Michael, right? But there is outside those names, outside those two. There is no Yure, there is no Fatai, there is no Barbara, <laughs> in Jebabra, in, in, in Jebalaika. <laughs> there is no... Jebalaika <laughs> is an Arabic I'm just learning it for the first time. <laughs> there is no all of those things. So, a lot of people are slid into angel worship. And we're going to study that in this series. This worshipping of angels. What the poor had to say about it. A lot of people are slid into that thing subconsciously. You see, a lot of... And that's, even you people too. If the IKEA is not taking it too, you people want to learn angels and say, Hmm, angel, how are you dear? Isha <laughs> 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 madness is worrying you. <laughs> Alright, look at... Look at the verse... 18. This is the angel of the Lord was asking, ah, well, Benny, what's, what's your problem with my name? I just, my own is, I'm a servant. I just came to say, tell you what they tell me to tell you. It's just like, if you have a servant. Okay, look at something. There's this show I watch here, right? Designated Survival. If the president sends you an errand, eh, it's as good as the president. In fact, the person takes a seal with him and say from the office of the president. So if let's say you are the um let's say you are the chief of staff of the president, then the, the chief of the president, let's say, sends you to let's say Rhode Island to go and speak for him. You are as good as that's the president talking. So can we safely say the angels are like a bit of a representation of God? Now, but now hold on. If you take that thread. You will also not be thinking, then is God now being the one doing all the fire, all the, all the brimstone, all the... No. No. We'll study it. That's what we're going to study. Are you, are you having fun? I think we should go. <laughs> Alright, so look at it. Look at it, verse 21. Look at it, verse 21. It says, then the angel of the Lord did no happier to Manoah and to his wife. And Manoah knew that thou was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have done what? To read it. <laughs> and you know you women are still like that. Too. I'm just joking. No, don't blame me. I'm not. No, all these feministic people. No, I'm not joking. No, I'm not joking. Sorry. <laughs> but the wife said, Ah, you know, it's like saying, I can't. It's like saying, <laughs> it's like saying. So it's like saying the husband came to tell the wife, say, Ah, you know, God just came here. Ah, we are dying. <laughs> We're going to die very soon. <laughs> <laughs> we are seeing God because you know the Bible says what they have read prior to this time is that no man see the face of God and live. 
That one Moses told them prior to these judges. So what was in their law was no man see the face of God. And so ha, we will see God. So let's start packing our load. It may be. Eh? Oh, Manuel said, oh, it's not even his wife. Sorry. I apologize. I apologize to the body of women. <laughs> his Manoa said to his wife, not his wife said, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, all of you are not saying men. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just joking. All right. So his wife said, ah, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would have not received the birth of free. Are you know, this this woman knew the truth. You see, you should give kudos to women sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm just like I say, everything is just joke. Don't go and take my message and take it out of court. Because we live in perilous times in this in this United States. <laughs> serious, serious stuffs are going on. Biko. <laughs> Biko means sorry, oh please. <laughs> Alright. So in the Old Testament, seeing an angel or interacting with angels was regarded as seeing God or interacted or interacting with God. I'll say that again. In the Old Testament, seeing an angel or interacting with an angel was regarded as seeing God or interacting with God. So now, That was why G, G, um, Stephen in the book in the book of Acts and also in the epistles clarified the mindset that people also had also. In John 1 verse 18, it says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten of the, the only begotten soul, which is in the bosom of the Father, he had declared in me. First Timothy 3 verse 16. First Timothy verse 3 verse 16, it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God will manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believe. On the word and receive up in glory. I I I wouldn't really take that text because I I I, I want to explain that later because that scene of angels could simply I will later explain you to you that this is that first Timothy three verse sixteen that that scene of angels we can simply refer to it as scene of the apostles in the four gospels. But that's another story entirely. I wouldn't want to use that text. But look at this at seven verse thirty eight. At seven verse thirty eight also. He says that this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with what? The angel we spoke with him in what? The Mount Sinai. So can we safely say angel spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai? How many of you agree now? Alright. So and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto. So the very first time God was seen both by man with angels was in the Son, Jesus. That was the very first time. So Christ Jesus is the revelation of himself to man, to angels. Christ, so the very first time we're seeing Christ, we're seeing God, we're seeing Christ. So to know and understand the Father is to know and understand the Son. So if you want to properly understand who God is, you must totally understand who the Son is. So to the degree that a man understands the person of Jesus is to the degree that he knows God. If you don't know, if you don't, if you don't, if you have not accustomed yourself with the personality of, 
of Jesus. You cannot accustom yourself with the personality of God. So, because there is no revelation of the Father outside that which was revealed in the Son. There is no revelation. So now, I want to explain, I want to explain something. It, in the Old Testament, right, the word Elohim, I'm not sure if you've heard that word before, Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-Y-M. It was an Hebrew word and it was used by the writers to represent God. Now, the first mention of that word, Elohim, is Genesis 1 verse 1. Genesis 1 1. Genesis 1 1. It says, In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And this was used about 2,598 times in the Old Testament. 2,598 times in the Old Testament. And it was derived from the word Eloah. Eloah, each E L O A H. E L O A H in the Hebrew. E L O A H. So, Eloah or Elohim are not heavenly language. They are not heavenly language. No. The word Elohim is a Hebrew word. See, let me tell you the truth. In studying the Bible, mm, it is... How do I explain this? I'm going to explain this to you in Bible hymnotics properly. In understanding the Bible, you must understand that they used human beings' language to explain things, and God has worked with it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, if it was in 2022 that Moses was writing, I'm probably sure the way he wrote many things, he would not have written it that way because his audience will be different. There's now technology. There is now so many... Th- I don't know if you get what I'm saying. There's now so many things that he didn't have in his time when he was writing. So he would have used so many... He would have, his, his writing would have been so, you know, up to date. So, but as of now, his writing is still very up to date. That's to tell you the level of knowledge he even has. But now we are now having to battle to study it <laughs> because we have to get it well. So that Eloah or Elohim, they are not heavenly language. No. The word Elohim is just an Hebrew word used in ancient culture to describe divine or heavenly, divine or highly. Just like saying something is very divine, like maybe like a mysterious something. So they'll just say, ah, that's Elohim. So it was used to, it was used for deities. And you know, those people to also worship strange gods. You know, his audiences were those that came out from Egypt. And Egypt, they had strong idol worship and all of those things at that time. So it was used to describe deities, judges, and whatever is mighty. And rulers and supernatural or things that are great, things like that. Those, those are things he was he, he used it to respond. So mighty things, deities, judges, rulers, supernatural, and things that are great. So the word Elohim or Eloah is not heavenly language. It's just used to describe things like that. So the word Eloah in the Hebrew lexicon means divine, something that is supernatural. Uh, 
true. That that that, that one. That 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 actually is. That's actually that's actually that actually makes sense because it's it's it describes. It's just like even Odidua and all of those um, all of those um, terminologies like that. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. So it's it's it has been in existence like that before. Even Moses is writing. So that word has been in existence in Moses' writing. So what Moses is what Moses did was to pick. What Moses did was to pick his his terminologies for what was happening. Just like day and night has been existing even before him. So he just say, okay, this is day, this is night. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he just picked his terminologies with what has been in existence, and he wrote with that. So it is key for us to note something that. In the Old Testament, they gave angels respect also. The Old Testament writers and the Old Testament people gave angels a lot of respect. So in essence, when we are studying the Old Testament, and we are studying the... You know, now I'm calling it the Old Testament, but you can simply understand I mean Genesis to Malachi now. When I study that, please. So that phrase, God said, or the Lord said, it can somehow be misleading. Now, you notice that we saw certain texts of the scripture where angel was talking to them, but they were not saying the Lord said. I don't know if you noticed that, those parts. Now, so it can be very misleading because they give deities that respect. It's just like what she said on the Yoruba culture. Now, I, I need to, I, I'm, trying to I, I'm trying to see how the American culture will understand this. Ah. Okay, let's use the Halloween for instance. Halloween is like a date, right? I mean, how, what does what does Halloween means? Because I know it's some people's favorite holiday, like first, festival of uh, what? Go, what are these? What are these? The dead? That's what they celebrate. Eh? Cinco de Mayo is Cinco de Mayo. Wow, this is the first time I'm hearing that. Oh, Hispanics celebrate that? That's the day of the dead? Huh? Fifth of May? Day of the dead. Fifth of May. Oh, wow. I'm just learning for the first time. Oh, okay. Okay, we can do the voodoo in Haiti. That's, that, that's cool. Now, it's like saying they had a respect for a gods. Gods, now. They had respect for those things. And it's like saying they now attributed those respects that they have. Remember now, I told you that Elohim or Eloah now is used for deities, is used for anything. So, anything they just see that is supernatural, they'll just call it, ah, Elohim. Does it make sense? So if I see something that is beyond me that I cannot explain, I say, ah, it's just like how Moses just saw that. He said, Elohim. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or Eloah. So something that is very supernatural or divine like that, they just call it that name. Are you getting me? But that thing can be very misleading because you would not know. So it's in our own world now. We have to now sit down because... Obviously, you know, I, I used to teach you something. I used to tell you, you were not the intended audience of Moses. The intended audience of Moses were those 
who he took out from Israel and was teaching the law. So we are just reading through God's providence what he wrote to those people. Now, those people he wrote it to now will understand what he is saying by saying, ah, Elohim appeared to me. It will mean that A, something supernatural, something divine. Does it make sense? If it makes sense, let me see your hands. Okay, cool. Now, so that was what they think. No, you know, in our own today now, if you see anything now, if you even see, if you even see anything now, you say, ah, Nigerians or Africans now will call it uh, um, village people. <laughs> you say, ah, village people have come for me. America will say, that's voodoo. It's just mystical. It's just. <laughs> I guess that's just mystical. I don't get it. I just. I don't know why. Did... Zodiac sign? Ah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that will suffice for this example. I don't think I don't think zodiac signs will suffice. It's like a personality trait than than a deity stuff. I'm looking for if I can if I can find a deity example. Uh, the way they worship Beyonce. Uh, yeah, Beyonce is studied even in school. It's a course now. Yes, you study Beyonce now in the course. Yes, you do. There's a class to take. There's a talk. You, you're saying something? Yes, people worship her on Sunday. Oh wow! Well, people be people be wilding, man. <laughs> people worship her on Sundays. Wow. They sing a song, worship her. Whoa. That's crazy, man. So I can't imagine I come to church and say, we'll run the world. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. All right, back to what we we're saying. So I was saying that um, people, so in their own time now, they see all of those things as those Elohim, Eloha, and they just refer to it as deities. So anything that just appeared to them, ah, Elohim appeared though, we are going to die. You know, this appeared though, Elohim appeared and I did not know it is Elohim. You know, things like that. <laughs> so they could say, God said, or the Lord said. And that can be very misleading. Because you always assume, now, because you now, you now that you are reading it, if you do not pay attention properly to what you are reading, you will think that God said, the Lord said, just simply means the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, if you see, the Lord said he will kill us, it's the Lord Jesus Christ that is doing it. Are you seeing it? But in their own world, they understood that this is a deity language. Are you getting me? Okay, now let's take Beyonce now for instance. Let's just let's not use Beyonce now for instance. Beyonce is a post. In fact, there's a documentary about her on, on Netflix, Coachella, and all of those things. Now, imagine those guys now that they say they worship her. I don't know how a human being will worship a human being that is still alive. He's not even dead, though. He's still alive. And she doesn't even go to the church. I mean, she's the one that goes to church. Does she go to the church? Yeah, 
I rather let it. Wow. Wow. Uh, I can't imagine worshiping your love a day like this. I hope I'm not there. I can't. <laughs> anyway. Now, so, if you don't pay attention, you will think that it is either God that is doing everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? And there are activities involved. So now, this is where you will have to do study in context. This is exactly what we mean, study in context. Because you have to know who exactly is speaking. Now, look at Hebrews 2 verse 2. Look at Hebrews 2 verse 2. Because now, we now have to know who exactly is speaking. Who was speaking? Who was speaking those times? Hebrews 2 verse 2. It's about to get interested. Hebrews 2 verse 2. He says, are you there? I'll wait for you. Hebrews 2 verse 2. You're there, right? He says, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense reward. He says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, so that now observe that phrase or that text or that sentence, the word spoken by angels. Now, there's something you must note that in the Old Testament writings, they would rather use the word the Lord said or God said. And that word used was either Elohim or what? Eloah, right? So now, when Jacob had that encounter, let's let's look at Jacob one for, for as a perfect example. Let's go back to Exodus 32. Let's go back to Exodus 32. Because it says, if the word spoken by angels, right? In Hebrews 2.2. 2. Now look at Exodus, um, Genesis 32. Verse 24 to 30. Exodus, um, Genesis 32, verse 24 to 30. I'll just read in verse 30. He says, For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Now, if you read in the encounter that happened in that verse 24 to 29, certainly that was an angel because it describes the experience as seeing God face to face. So, his interpretation, and that is his interpretation of seeing an angel. Remember I told you, these are deities. Now, the word God in that statement, when it says, I have seen God face to face, was translated in the Hebrew in that Exodus 30. In that Exodus 32, when it says, for I have seen God face to face, that word God there in the Hebrew was the word Elohim. In other words, the same word used to predict, the same word that they used to describe God in this instance was also used to describe angels. Because it's like saying they attributed everything that is supernatural as one. Oh, it's God. Oh, it's Elohim. I'm going to feel getting this. So, that same word. So, that is why we study in context. If you check in the proper Hebrew Bible now, and in the proper study of that place, where Jacob said, I saw God face to face now, 
in the proper Hebrew Bible, it means Elohim. It means I saw Elohim face to face. And now, Elohim, remember I told you, is deities, supernatural beings, things like that. Now, so, in this encounter with angels, in Exodus 28, I said, so Genesis 28, sorry. In Genesis 28, he had another encounter. In Genesis 28. And let's read. In his encounter, the same thing happened in Genesis 28. Go take go back to Genesis 28. We are still just take a flip back. Genesis 28. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. Let's read it together. Verse 1 to ready go. And he dreamed, and behold, the ladder set up to heaven, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, what? So Jacob sure had an encounter with angels. So when he woke up from the dream, because he woke up from the dream, and he described the place as the house of God. No, look at what he described. Look at in verse um, 17. Look at how he described the place when he woke up from the dream. He says, or oh, let's start from 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew him not. In verse 17, and he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other house, but the house of God, and the gate of heaven. So, he described where he slept as the house of God, the house of Elohim. So, from Jacob's experience, it is very obvious to you and I that they accorded Whatever they encountered with angels as an encounter with God. So you can safely say many of their encounters with angels, they will call it God. How many of you agree now? How many of you, how many of you understand it to this point? That's cool. So because of the word Elohim. Now, let me show you another one. Look at Abraham's experience. In Genesis 18, just flip your Bible from pages back. Genesis 18 is a long read. And um, one of the things is, in verse 1, it says, The Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. You keep seeing statements like, The Lord and the Lord. And Abraham said to my Lord. Even in verse 3, it says, And he said, My Lord. Even in chapter... Now, Look at some, even in verse 32 of that same place, scroll down to verse 32, and he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. You know, look at in verse, look now, go back to, look, look at chapter 19. Look at chapter, chapter 19, verse 1. Now let's read it together. It says, There came two angels to Sodom. So, and, so are you seeing that angels too were in play? In 18, he was speaking to Lord. Lord was speaking to him. Verse 19, they now showed us the angels. So, it shows that that Elohim, the supernatural beings, those things. So, it makes us, it makes you get thinking that, okay, what is going on? How many of you are noticing in that? Ah, what is really going on? Now, let's look at um, Psalm 8 verse 4. When Psalm says something, when David says something in Psalm 8 verse 4. Are you getting this? 
He says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? Verse 45. He made him a little lower than the angels, and crowned him glory and honor. Now, he's used the phrase, the angels. And that's translated mean Elohim. There's now M-I-N, when it is angels there. M-I-N, Elohim. Mean Elohim. The writer in this instance used the same noun for God as angels. The phrase mean Elohim means the Elohim. The same word used in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. So the word Elohim in this Psalm 8 right here was used in plural form because it used angels. And this can be misinterpreted somehow to mean that David is saying a little lower than God or a mighty supernatural being. And the God in context referring to God as plural sense and all of those things. Now, but look at something. The writer of Hebrew made us to understand something in Hebrews 2 verse 5. Hebrews 2 verse 5. Are you saying that we are, we are explaining scripture upon scripture? I wonder if you notice that it's scriptures upon scriptures. That's exactly how it is. Because when you come to, if I, if I just come here and I say, Ah, Bedrick, he's not God. He's angels. He's not this. And I not walk you through it. Then I'm trying to deceive you. Are you saying it? But we are walking through scriptures upon scriptures, line upon line. Precept upon precepts. However, when the angel... Now, look at Hebrews 2 verse 5. It says, For unto the angels at he put in subjection the word to come, wherefore we speak. Get ready. I'm teaching you New Testament ministry of angels next year. New Testament, not Old Testament. Joy's most anticipated series. New Testament. I think that's what made Joy start coming to Campus Fellowship that year. Because of because I said I was able to and, and since then, since then I've not taught it. <laughs> I came back, I came to service that day and I said, sorry, I don't feel like teaching this now. <laughs> Joy was so disappointed. That was that was why they started coming to to both of you. That's how people started coming more often to Campus Fellowship those days. No, before COVID, Campus Fellowship, because I said I wanted to teach. That was like 2018 or something. <laughs> but don't worry. It will not pass next year. <laughs> don't worry. Probably in January, I'm doing that. Mm, let's, let's, I don't know. We'll look at that. All right. So, he says, uh, where were we, where were we? Verse 5. Hebrews 2, verse 5. For unto the ages are they not, are they not put in subjection the word to come, wherefore we speak? But in a certain place testify, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, thou, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing and has put unto under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So now, 
uh, is this uh, even in verse nine? Uh, we'll, we'll look at that now. Look, look, look at something. So the word angels here was used in verse five, in verse seven also, because he used the word plurals here, angels, and it was translated from the Greek word angelos, angelos, a g g e l o s, a g g. E S O S Angelus, no Angelo. <laughs> it's Angelus. <laughs> it's A G G E L O S. It was used in the New Testament book of the Bible one seventy-six times for angels. One seventy-six times for angels. One seventy-six times for angels. So, but in that Psalm one, in that Psalm eight verse five that we read, I don't know if you remember that Psalm eight verse five. We just read. He explained it as angels and not God. But here now, the writer used the word angelus eight times, and even in Hebrews 2, verse 6, here he says, In the certain place, they said, What is man that I am mindful of him, son of man that I visited him, and all of those things? He was referring to angel only. Now, let's we want to make a clear distinction of something. We want to differentiate between the Son, that is Jesus now, and the angels. I don't know if you are ready for that. Let's quickly do that one. Probably then we'll let me see. Let me see. So now look at something. In in um Hebrews 1 verse 4. Let's make a distinction. Because we want to, we want to make a clear distinction or something. So, so you don't have to be thinking, okay, maybe God is angel too. God is this look, calm down. Look at Hebrews 1 verse 4 to 14. Let's let's read that. We have a long way. It says being made so much better than the angels. Now this is Jesus now. Jesus is made so much better than who? Angel. Yeah. And he has, by everything, something more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels, he at, at any time, that's my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again, I will be with him a father, and shall be to me a son. And again, he bringeth him the first begotten into the world. And he said, let all angels worship him. And of the angels, he said, who had mixed the angel spirit and ministers of flame of fire, but unto the son of the son he said, Thy throne is of God. O God, this forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness and a scepter of thy kingdom. Verse 9, thou hast loved righteousness and thou hast iniquity. And now says, Therefore, God, even thy God, had anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens and the works of thy hands, they shall perish, but they shall remain it, and they shall was old as though a garment, and a vesture thou shalt thou fold, shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou the same the years and shall not fail, but which of his angels hath thee at any time sit at my on my right hand, until I make the enemies thy foes too, have they not all ministering spirits? We shall be sent forth to minister for them. We shall be heirs of salvation. Now let's go to verse 4. In verse 4 it says, Being made so much better, right? So he inherited a more excellent name than angels, right? So now this is Jesus now. So if you want to, so if, if, if you have a note, you can put Jesus, angels. Angels have, angels have a more, um, Jesus now, sorry. Jesus has authority, dominion, and is exclusive of angels that is angels were designed to worship and serve the son 
not that Jesus will not serve angels. Are you seeing that in verse 4? It says, being made so much better than angels, yet by inheritance in obtaining more excellent name than they. How many of you get that now? So, that is, he inherited a more excellent name than angels. Jesus has inherited a more excellent name than angels. Jesus has authority and dominion and angels are inclusive in it. Angels were designed to worship him, right? And the son also. Look at in verse 5 and verse 6. We can safely say in verse 5 and verse 6 now that when it says Jesus, the first begotten from the dead speaks of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And the driver was very emphatic. He says, let all angels worship the son and not vice versa. It's not the son that is worshiping the angel. <laughs> he says, let all angels worship the son. So angels were designed, created to worship the son. So why man worship God? Angels worship man. You don't worship angels. I don't think you got that. You don't worship angels. <laughs> so it is in the Son that they know God. Look at in verse 13. It says, But to which at the angels said at any time, see that you so right hand till I make the enemies their fools too. The writer was quoting, yes, Psalm 110 verse 1. I think this is one of the, arguably the most quoted place like that, I say. So it was, it was concerning the Son and fulfilled upon His resurrection. So the right hand of the Father was created for the Son, not angels. You are the one, so it's like saying Jesus and you is sitting on the right hand of the Father. You know, you, you two, you sit on, on that throne in Ephesians 2 verse 8 where it says, you are seated with Him in heavenly places, right? Jesus is seated there, you are seated there. Angels are not seated there. Does it make sense? Oh, yeah. Because I don't want you to finish this service now. And say, Angel, show me fire. <laughs> so that's why it says in verse 14, he now says, the, so the, he puts angels in their place in verse 14. He says, they are ministering spirits set forth to minister to man. So angels are ministering spirits. They minister to you. They are, now that you have received salvation, you don't worship angels. They are like your servants. They help you. They minister to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm going to teach on all of this much properly next, next year. Look at in Hebrews 2 verse 2. He now did the same thing. He says, for, the words, for if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a recompense of reward, how shall we neglect so great salvation? which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to them that heard us. So the writer again made a contrast between Jesus and angels. So the word spoken by angels in verse 2, in verse 3, in our says, began to be spoken by the Lord. In verse 6, in verse 6, in that Hebrew 6, he followed the same pattern that is, Jesus was being made a little lower than the angels, Refer to him partaking in flesh and blood. So why, if if they say why is if somebody asks you and say why is Jesus a little lower than the angel? Is because he came in flesh and blood. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is not as though is uh, is just because he is now having humanity, this physical body, and not an angelic body. And the essence of the physical body is because he is going to use this body to die. So, if somebody asks you and say, Jesus, should be the Bible even say Jesus was made a little lower than the angels? No, he was made a little lower than the angels because now he's, he was with a physical flesh. 
Does it make sense to you now? And why was it with this physical flesh? He needed this body to use to die for man. And that's what we just finished. If you listen to our introductory series on this gospel, you understand it properly. He needs to use this body to die for sins of man. So that's why he was made a little lower than the angels. And the very essence is to die and to bring many sons to glory. That is why in Hebrews 2 verse 9, look at Hebrews 2 verse 9. It's like I'm playing the book of Hebrews. <laughs> look at Hebrews 2 verse 9. He says, but we see Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. And uh, so when it says little lower than the angels now, why, do, why, is, why is that happening? Because what? Of the physical body of the humanity, right? We can simply say the incarnation, right? All right. So he says, who suffered to the crown unto glory, that he by grace of God should perfect death, right? He should face death for every man. For it became him of whom are all things, and by whom are all things, bringing many sons to glory, to make captain of their salvation through suffering. So look at in verse 14. For as much then as children and partakers of flesh and blood, also himself likewise took part of the same, that true death he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is who? The devil. And he will deliver them who through their true fear, or true fear of death, we are all the lifetime subject to bondage. Look at verse 16. For verily he took upon him, he took on him, he took not on him what? So, we can simply say, he didn't take the spiritual body, there's something like that, the spiritual body, but he now took the nature of man. He took upon him what? The seed of Abraham. So, the epistles is making us to, is explaining the confusion that exists in people's mind. So, what, what the writer of Hebrew is doing now, is to explain all the confusions in your mind as regarding how angels were seen and regarded in the Old Testament. Because the truth of the matter is this, right? The reason for those confusion exists because of this. The, the old, see, the problem in the Old Testament about this thing is because of the word Elohim. Because it was, remember I told you, that word Elohim was used for God, deity, and also for angels. That is exactly where the problem came from. Now, but you know, remember I told you, in their own world, they will understand. But to us now in our world, when we say God in your mind, you are thinking the God of our Father, the God of heaven and earth, and all of those things, the creator of heaven and earth. But in their own world, when they are using Elohim, they are referring to deities altogether. So God can be in the deities, Holy Ghost can be in the deities, angels can be in the deities, even their own foreign gods, God, can be in the deities. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? But in our own world now, today, in 2022, if you measure God, everybody does say, ah. Because everybody, even some people even have a problem with God. They say, ah, yes, it's God. <laughs> so now, the same applies to all interactions where the law was given in Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and all of those things. Where it says, the Lord said unto Moses, then Moses said unto the people, and all of those things. Are you, are you getting it? Yeah. Is, is this making sense to you? Yeah. Now, look at Exodus 20 again. Look at Exodus 20. 
Because Exodus 20. Back again. Is it is this interesting? Right? It's Israel. Okay. Look at Exodus 20, verse 18. Am I too fast? I think I am. Uh, I'm not. I'm actually slow. Really? Wow. Okay. Am I, am I, I'm not slow, but I'm not fast. So I'm in the middle. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. See, God is really working on me. Alright. Look at Exodus 18. Exodus 20, sorry. Verse 18 to 22. Exodus 20 verse 18 to 22. Exodus 20 verse 18 to 22. We've read it before. It says, All the people saw thunderings, lightnings, noise, trumpet, and mountains, and all of those things. But look at verse 19. He says, And they said unto Moses, Speak not with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we do what? Could God have killed? Remember we start with remember the way we were coming from. Luke 9. The Son of Man came not to do what? Destroy, Destroy but to do what? Save to save. Life. So could this now have been God? No. Uh, Alright. Look at verse 20 now. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is not come to prove you that his fear may be upon the faces that ye see not. Look at verse 22. And the Lord said to Moses, And thus saith unto the children. So the children of Israel never heard directly from God. They did not. <laughs> I'm walking you through another journey. Now, look, you know, now let me walk you through something. In verse 18, see it again. When they saw the temple and all of those things, what happened? It says, And when the people saw it in verse 18, they removed and do what? They stood at the door. They are, ah, no, you enter inside. <laughs> are you ready to die with this, with this children and everything? Look at verse 19. Then said unto Moses, speak with us. They were the one that told Moses, you, speak to us. We will hear. But let not God do what? Speak. Lest we do what? This is the genesis of the problem. This was where the problem started. Prior to this point, everything has been cool. This was exactly, uh, Moses said, I should speak to you people. <laughs> you see, you will push me to God. <laughs> Face down. <laughs> just, I'm just joking. But that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not, that is exactly where the problem started with the children of Israel. And they said, Moses, you speak to us. Um, we don't want to hear God. <laughs> so the Lord said to Moses, Moses now said to the people, and you know that <laughs> translation is always difficult. The Lord said to Moses, Moses said to the people, you know that when he was reaching, saying to the people, if the, if the Lord told him and said, Tell them to sit down. Moses said, sit down, oh, sit down. You know, that's not what the Lord said. <laughs> sit down, oh, is different from, please sit down. <laughs> that was where problems started from. <laughs> so Moses now spoke to the people. God did not talk to them directly. Moses was the one who kept speaking to them. Now, what, why, did, why, 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 what happened? The unbelief 
and the hardness of their heart caused this. They appointed a mediator. And that's what we still do in churches today. A lot of Christians still believe that their pastor is their high priest who takes their sins to God. In fact, Catholics still do it today where the priest sits down, then there's a blockage, and they speak their sins to the priest. The priest is like, you did this? <laughs> I used to watch. <laughs> uh, they don't say that. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they don't say that. But they don't. They don't say that. But they don't say that because they are trained. The ones that are they are trained to not react. That when somebody says you, are, you must be. So that that's a different context. That's a different context. So now look at this. Now look at this. The the, the deal of the the, the, the the issue is this, right? The Catholics do their own separate. That confess your fourth word to another is like saying it's like saying, hey, I offended you, you offended me. Well, let's let's quickly iron it out. That one is not even the issue. Confess your forward to another that you may be healed. So that way your body is okay and you people move on. There's no offense to your heart. We we studied that. If you listen to Biden and losing, we explained all of those. Confess your faults one to another. But now um, there's a way. It's like saying people don't, you know, now you can, you know. In the new covenant, you can talk to God, you can be in your house now and just say, Father Lord, I'm sorry, forgive. But Catholics still believe that the Pope or the chief priest, um, Reverend Father, Father. <laughs> I said chief priest. <laughs> the Reverend Father, Catholics still believe that. They do it, yes, yeah. The, what, what, what did they call it? Confession day, yeah. So you, you sit down, there's a blockage. So the, the Reverend Father does not see your face. So that when there's always a net or something. So that the, you kneel on something to. There's another covering. So that when the Father. You say, so the ones I've watched on comedies. So I, would, I wouldn't say I've seen or I've been to anyone. I have not. The ones I've seen in comedies. Father, pray for me. I've seen. Father will say, What did you do? But you say, I committed four abortions. Why? You don't say, why? But you say, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> do you get it? Now, see, we still, now, Pentecostals today don't do that. But they still do it somehow. And let me show you how they do it. <laughs> we have different means we do it. You see that you go to a pulpit. You know, they used to demarcate the pulpit very well. And they just feel like that is where they will answer. You are not going to need that in front of the pulpit to pray to God because you feel like God is in that pulpit. I've done that one before. Because God is in that pulpit and God answers prayers there. That is like a mediator. The very minute, see, the very minute you place a barrier that you cannot access God directly, something is wrong. The very minute any of you sit down here and you think, oh, Yes, I can pray for you and things will happen, definitely. But the very minute you think in your mind that, ah, it's only pastor that can handle this situation. I, I cannot pray or talk to God. Only pastor can help me talk to God. 
then Moses's audience is entering you. Now, because look at what was happening. God could have spoken to the whole of Israel together. They said, let no God speak to us lest we die. Why did Moses not believe like them? Moses too could have dropped by and said, God, don't go speak to anybody. <laughs> or speak to Aaron. <laughs> so, what happened was the unbelief and the hardness of their hearts. Sclerocardia in the Greek. So, they appointed him as the mediator. So, the, so now, back to what we were explaining before now. The epistles let us see that most of the interactions of Moses were with angels. I'm not sure if you agree on that already. Cool. So now, in Galatians 3 verse 19, look at Galatians 3 verse 19. So it is the unbelief in their heart that made them appoint a mediator. Galatians 3 verse 19. Is this getting interesting? Yes, sir. It says, are you there? I'll wait for you. It says, wherefore, then served the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of what? Now, who is the mediator? Moses. Moses. So, look at, read it again. Wherefore then served the law? Now, what's the law? The laws of Moses, right? Now, who served the law? It was added because of what? Transgression. Till the seed should come, whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by who? Angels. Angels in what? Yeah. So, Moses was a man appointed mediator via unbelief. I'll say it again. Moses was a man appointed mediator via unbelief. Observe how the writer of Hebrews explains that dispensation. Hebrews 8, verse 7 to 8. Hebrews 8, verse 7 to 8. It says... It says, for if the first covenant, are you there, had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he says, behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Judah, and with the house, with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah. So the first thing is, he saw that the covenant found, God found a, a fault with the covenant. Because it was definitely not of God. Angels did it. I don't know if you see that now. Angels did it. Because God does not find fault. I explained to you, I've taught you this in James 1 verse 5. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men and upbraided not. And that word upbraided in the Greek is from the word oinedezo. I don't know if you remember that. It means to defame, to rail, to reproach, to revile, to upbraid. I said, and it's stronger than finding fault because... It's used for insulting people or making people very bad. 
you just like look for something to paint people in a very bad image. Let me see an example I can create. Uh, uh, let me say you want to upgrade you. Looking for something. Uh, somebody help me. Um, Johnny Depp. Who is Johnny Depp? Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Please help me. Upbraid, like something insulting people. I'm making something look bad. No, I'm I'm looking for an example. Oh, oh, I don't know. Angelo, help me. No. <laughs> so it shows the willingness of God to give and the fact that it is without defamation. So God gives and it is without defamation. It is without reveling or fault founding. So we can safely say God is a God who does not find fault, right? He does your bread. So now, why was there now fought with the old covenant? <laughs> Hebrews 8, verse 7. Are you tired? Never, sir. It can't be. <laughs> Hebrews 8, verse 7 to 9, verse 7. So we can safely say one of the characters of God, right, is that let him ask to, for all men who giveth not and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him, right? And it shows the willingness of God to the fact that God gives without defamation, thoughts and revealing and finding thoughts. And okay, let's look at Hebrews. I just wanted to be clear on that. Let's look at Hebrews 8, verse 7 to 11. It says, finding fault with them, it says, Behold the days. We read it just not too long ago. It says, Behold the days, say the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and, and with the house of Judah, and not according to the, to the covenant I made with the fathers in the days when I took them out of the land of the land to lead them out of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant and I regarded them not, say the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, say the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind. And write them in their heart, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least to the greatest. That is God's covenant. God wants every man to know him. He doesn't want you to know him through a mediator. Just like saying, So Moses knew God. Moses is not explaining God. <laughs> Look at Jeremiah 31. Verse 32. So he says, They shall not teach every man his neighbor, know the Lord. Look at it, that place was taken from Jeremiah 31 to 32. That text it was taken from Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 32. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 32. It says, Behold, the days come. Say the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in the day I took them out of the hand to bring, to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although it was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. In verse 33, very key. Oh, I mean, that's okay. So, he says, they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every, every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from least to the greatest. So, in other words, in the new covenant, which is the promise, God never intended a human mediator between him and man. All shall know me from the least to the greatest. Why are you studying in service today? Is so that you will know God. It's not so that I would be, be the one to be carrying your prayer request to God. Submit your prayer request. Oh, it can never happen in this church. Submit all your prayer requests. Then I will not help you to go and pray about it. Why? What happened to your mouth? <laughs> we will all pray together. That's why we all go to the bush together to pray. <laughs> yeah. As you are doing your own prayer group, I'm doing my own. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you don't know? <laughs> I do my own. I do my own. Sometimes I even do more. Oh, and we are all we will pray together. There's no, there's no submit your prayer list, raise all your prayer requests, submit all your prayer requests. I'm not laying hands on them. Say, Father, Shabba Baba, visit them today. Visit them. You don't like that kind of visit. <laughs> so he says, All shall know me from the least to the greatest. So there are two pieces of information. Two important um, information for you to note now concerning the angels in the epistles, which are which which I believe is instructive. I think we'll just um do that and we'll, we'll do that and then we'll continue in the next section on the worshiping of angels, what what it really means and why people have done all of those things. So now, unlike the old testament, where the activities of angels were either seen as the law speaking or God doing something today. Now so I want to give you a differentiation about now this is something I will do in the proper series, but I'm just doing that in, in the course of this series now. The differentiation between the, the angels of the Old Testament and the New Testament is such that in the Old Testament now, all of you now in this service now, you understand that Elohim, deity, God, Eloah, supernatural beings, um, deity, all of those things, they are all regarded as Elohim, right? So you can safely say, God did. So you, if you do not look at the Old Testament very well, you can say, the Lord did something. The Lord did, you can safely say, it's angels, right? So we can safely say, the activities of angels, they were super active like that. And saying that the angels were either seen as the Lord speaking, right? Or as God doing something today, right? In the Old Testament. That is within Genesis to Malachi. Now, but in the New Testament, that's in the Old now. In the New now, Something, what is happening is that angels are learning about God from the church. Mm. Look at Ephesians 3 so that you see that yourself. Angels are learning from the, as I'm teaching now, they are taking notes and saying, some of your angels are not even informed. <laughs> they are like, hey, so this is what God did. So this was what even we were doing. <laughs> because there were messages, it's just like say, go and do this for me. Mm, they, they don't have any option but to respond. One of the things I'm going to teach us as we study and we proceed in our, in our study in prayer is that 
that's the essence of using the right words. As you are praying in tongues, as you speak God's word, angels can act on your words and carry out the actions they need to carry out. You don't need to start commanding and say, angels, do this for me. No. Don't forget, you are praying in tongues is praying in the spirit. Angels are where? In the spirit. So they can respond to what they need to respond to that way. And also with the right words and with the right atmospheres. That's why you must not you must learn to not speak negative words all the time. I always teach about this. Learn not to speak a lot of negative. Don't speak around it because even negative words opens opens the door for 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 demons. One of the things I'm going to in the next Bible seminar we are doing next month, we're studying a little. We're studying about demons. I I already figured that out. I think we'll do that. I think next month or or two months time. We'll, we'll study. We'll just take like it's it's Saturday like this. And no, today is Monday. Like it's Saturday. And we'll just study things around demons and all of those things. So back to what I'm saying. So like I was saying again, angels in the Old Testament was seen as the Lord did. God was doing something. But in the New Testament today. They are learning of God from the church. Now, look out in Ephesians 3 verse 8. Are you there? Yes, Ephesians 3 verse 8. So you don't have to... One of the things I'm going to... Well, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Look at Ephesians 3 verse 8. Ephesians 3 verse 8. It says, Unto me, unless than the least of the saints, that is, grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from God, which, which, which was, which from the beginning of the world had been eat from God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and power in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So it is the church that makes known unto angels the manifold wisdom of God and not vice versa. Angels don't make us know anything now. We are going to study God's word. Via the revelations of via the revelations that is given to us in our spirit, we will find out and discover God's truth and we'll make it known. Look at in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 to 12. It's going to make it sense to you now. 1 Peter verse 1 to verse 1 to verse 1 and 1 to 10. It's going to make sense to you. I think we'll do character of God series too. I, I think so. I, I I I don't think I'm ready to be done with this yet. Whew. There's a lot to study, right? Yes, sir. There's a lot to, a, a, a whole lot to. First Peter 1 verse 10. It says, uh, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come upon you, and searching what or what searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, right? Which was ah, it's like my eyes are seeing double today. <laughs> which was in them? How many of you notice I've been reading somehow? <laughs> which was in them 
This signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. So you see, your pastor is seeing double. Hmm. I say, Mish. When it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. Verse 12. And that says, Unto them, pay attention. I want you to pay attention to this verse 12. Unto them it was revealed that not of themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them, have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which the what? Angels desire to look unto, look into. So the statement says, look, look at that statement. It says, which the things angels desire to look into. So it shows that angels are learning. This kind of stuff, I, I believe angels learn good in this church. They will just be taking note and taking note and taking note and like, ah, 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 ah. What a good service. You know, they will just be going home and say, they will share with their friends, oh, Michael, did you learn this? <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn in this service today? <laughs> so, because they never had an understanding of the promise of God. They didn't have the understanding of the promise of God fulfilled in the resurrection and in the exaltation of Jesus. They didn't have it. So, all this explains together why Moses should have preached as a promise. Because Moses ought to have preached to the children of Israel the promise that God has given him to Israel, which is now the Ten Commandments. One of the things we'll do, we'll study the Ten Commandments also very soon. And we'll look at the difference between the law and the Ten Commandments. What, 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 what does it mean? Now, so Moses should have been teaching that Moses. So, uh, so this explains why, together with Moses, that what should have been preached as the promise, given as the as the fulfillment of of God to Israel, is now given as the third commandment, and that ministers life. So angels learn. Angels are le- in fact in this service now they are learning. Because they didn't know the promise of God fulfilled. So are you seeing the two dispensations now? Can we safely say in the Old Testament, they were carrying out activities that they probably did not understand. I mean, if you can, they were just doing things that probably they were just, you know, unknown to them, just walking through and actions. Are you getting it? But now, in the New Testament, they are now learning. Are you, are you, are you seeing that? So that is why Jesus... And even the apostles, in talking about the promise of God in the Old Testament, never even mentioned angels. In Luke 24, verse 25, it says, And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophet has said, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to raise from the dead the third day. He began to explain the, 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 um, all the scriptures concerning himself. He did not say concerning angels. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Romans 1 verse 1. It says Paul, who is uh, Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle of God, separated unto the gospel of God. For he had promised, which he has promised by the prophets in the Holy Scripture. He did not say, he did not say um, angels. I don't know if you are seeing that now. So, even in this same uh, first Peter thing, it says, of which salvation the prophet have acquired and searched diligently, who prophesied unto you, Diligently, the grace that should come, searching what manner of spirit 
what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify testifying the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So, those are one, number one things to take note of. Number two things to take note of is that Paul warned believers concerning the worship of angels. And this, this is where I will stop. We'll, we'll pick up from here. We'll, we'll pick up from here at, uh, uh, outside the break. But just look at something. I'll, I'll give you like a bit break and we'll just continue and we'll call it a day. Now, look at the Colossians 2 verse 18. He also warned concerning the other, and, and I really need to warn everybody too concerning this one, especially some people. I will not mention it. I won't mention it. Colossians 2, verse 18. He says, Let no mal, I'll, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Is, are you. How many of you are enjoying this this after, this evening? Uh, let me see your hands if you are. Bible study is interesting, right? Yes, sir. It is? All right. I'm going to give you time to ask questions, too. All right. Look at Colossians 2, verse 18. It says, Let no man beguile you of any... Let no man beguile you of any reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which are not sins, vainly puffed off by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered, and knit together, increases the increase of God. That word worshipping there is from the Greek word theriaska, uh, treskia, treskia, not treskia, treskia, T-H-E-R, T-H-R-E-S, T-H-R-E-S, K-E-I-A, T-H-R-E-S, K-E-I-A, T-H-R-E-S, K-E-I-A, that's the Greek word. It implies religion, religion, that's what worshipping, religion, it was used in Acts 26 verse 5. Let's see how it was used. Acts 26 verse 5. Acts 26 verse 5. It was used in Acts 26 verse 5. It says, are you there? It was used in Acts 26 verse 5. It says, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our what? Our religion, I leave the Pharisee. So, so we can we say our worship in that place, right? Treskia. Now look at James 1 26 to 27. It was also used here in James 1 26 to 27. Because see, a lot of people worship angels, and that's wrong. You shouldn't you should only worship God. James 1 verse 26 to 27. So it says, if any man among you seem to be religious and breatheth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion, can we say the man's worship? Yes, right? Is vain. And as it's pure religion, and all the can we say pure worship? Yes, all right. And so that's the word treskia now. So notice that word treskia is derived from the word tresco. Tresco, T H. E-R-E-S-K-O-S. Tresco. Now in grammar, it's better understand as a word in now. It can be derived 
from his dribble, or his route from where he was taking from. So Tresco has to do with something you fear or tremble before. In other words, so what Paul was explaining that Colossians 2 verse 18 was referring to voluntarily involving oneself in a religion of angels. So it's called, it's, we can simply say, Angelos Trescos in the Greek. Angelos Treskia or Angelos Treskos. Because it's like saying something you tremble upon, something you fear, something you you adore, you know. You just want to worship the thing. And and that's wrong. And we, we live in a world where if you are not careful, if, we, if things are not properly explained properly, you can slid into... Just like how people woke up some years ago and said, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Then we are now hallucinating and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good afternoon, Holy Spirit. Good night, Holy Spirit. You know, those, those things are, are stupid things. So we must, we, we must really be careful and, 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 not, um, and not slid into some. We'll, we'll, pick, up, we'll, we'll pick up from here uh, in the next couple of minutes. I'll, I'll just give you like a five minutes or ten minutes break. So let's, let's have that. Good, good evening.